Welcome back to Other People's Lives. How is everyone doing today? I hope everyone's doing very well. Today we do have a very interesting episode. Um, we're talking to an ex-gang member. Yes. I think uh, from what I gather, like, we're talking about Serious a, a real gang member here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone throws the, the term gangster around. Yeah. Everyone wants to be gangster. Gangster is such a compliment. But, like, let's be real. Like, most of us are fakes. Why are you saying us? Like, I've never portrayed myself as a gangster. Uh, are you sure? Yes. All right. Well, it's co- it's commonly used. It's thrown around. I'm just saying, like, I guess you could be gangster, but then there's another level of gangster, and that is living a, a gang member lifestyle, being yeah. part of a gang. Yeah. I only know about what I've seen on Gangland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, like, maybe two people in my entire life have been actually in a gang. Uh, but I don't know them well enough to like have picked their brains on it. So I don't know much. Yeah. And I know like there's been like local gangs and like I could say I know gang members, but you know, from what I gather and we are, we won't be saying the name of the gang for his protection. He asked us not to, uh, but this is like a, uh, you know, it's, it's a big one mm-hmm. that's out there. It's a, right. uh, you know they got members. Is yeah, they what got I'm members. Saying. But I was actually thinking on the way here, like I, I don't, I don't even mean this to be funny, but I was just trying to think of like a gang member mentality. I think I can get it. Like I think I can understand it in the sense of like relating it to like a startup business. Oh God. But I'm serious. Like, <laughs> but how? But how? I don't. Like, I don't consider myself a businessman, even though I'm, like, involved daily in business and yes. starting businesses and, like, growing businesses. But it's not, like, business that interests me as much as, I guess, in those, like, startup stages of a business where... Something bigger than yourself. Something... Yeah, you're part of something, and the people you're doing it with are your friends and your peers. Like, that's what I always say, like, I love is, like, I'm... I don't feel like I go to work every day. It's like me and my friends building something. And like everyone has the potential to make a difference in this company. It's not just like a cog in the machine that like you can't have an impact. I know this, I mean, I know this is like way off base, but I was just trying to think of like the, I guess like gang mentality of, you know, if you don't have many other options or this seems like the quickest path to, I guess money being one thing, acceptance, having a protection, group, protection. It's you know it's similar in that sense where I feel like there there's also in gangs like almost like morals and ethics that are like backwards and like hypocritical, but kind of makes sense. Like you're doing illegal things, you're breaking the law, but in a gang, like loyalty is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, being there for the other person in your gang, protection, things like that. Like, you know, these are all like sentiments we can stand behind in a way. Right. <laughs> it's like it's 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 uh it's weird because it's like, you know, loyalty is such a big thing, but at the same time and loyalty and like being honest and and real within the gang is like a, a big thing, mm-hmm. but also you're stealing and like doing these things behind people's backs and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like you're you're doing bad things but you have these like uh morals that you hold so true and it's like that in itself is very hypocritical but right. it also just makes sense somehow. 
I guess not there's saying a, like you know. You <laughs> I guess be there's. Stealing, but. I guess the difference is there's like a brainwashing element to it where you know you're still sacrificing yourself for the gang. Just like you know, people do sacrifice themselves to jobs and corporations and yeah. companies. But the difference is, you know, here's healthcare and a four hundred one k and a paycheck, and this is all within you know the legal limits versus a gang where you can brainwash someone to thinking that by joining a gang and doing these things that it's positive for them when really it's negative for them and really the consequences are not good and obviously we're talking about things like violence we're talking about drug dealing like things that are not going to land you in a good position right. so there's nothing positive about being in a gang uh, I don't want that to be misconstrued, but I don't know. I was just trying to like relate in some way of like, if, you know, if you're in a position and, and a, joining a gang is an opportunity that's presented to you and you feel like you don't have other options, I think maybe I can understand w the positives that people would see in right. a gang. No, yeah, for sure. I guess. For sure. It's all about like you, the situation you're in. I mean, there's, you know, that's why people join gangs. If people like, uh, no, I don't think anyone would willingly you know, sign up for something that they know ultimately, you know, there's a high possibility of, of death or prison, but it's like, I either you have no other choice or this is just the right move right now because of the situation that I'm in. It's very situational. I think before we get to our call, let's get to our first sponsor for today, which is open fit, which takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple uh, streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your own living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. And this is uh, beneficial in many ways. One being, if you're not comfortable going to a gym yet, uh, then you, you or, or you just don't have the time. Maybe your gym closes at a certain time. You get home late. You work the overnight or whatnot. Uh, you can do it, like, like they said, in the comfort of your own living room. Um, for someone like me who wants to get into yoga... I don't really want to start in a class full of experts and look a little crazy. So I'm going to do some classes in my living room and uh, get the same amount of results because you can work out with amazing trainers um, uh, from all over the world. Uh, and especially like they have Andrea Rogers, who is the founder of the Worldwide Sensation Extend Bar. Um, you know, so there's there's like a ton of a uh, ton of stuff. I've tested most of these workouts by now. Also got me into yoga, but I've been doing some of like the quick tough mutter. Um, you you're drenched in sweat in 10 minutes and you know oh, yeah we use this and like hey we're, we're kind of ripped yeah the only problem <laughs> i'm lean joe's a little meaty <laughs> the only problem is you got to put a towel down because you will sweat on that carpet it's a good problem to have yeah I'd it's say. a good problem to have because you want to work up a sweat um and if you want to lose weight and keep it off you can lose up to 15 pounds in just 30 days if you do it the right way people okay and open fit has changed the way that we work out and the way that other people are working out and uh, texting our code OPL to 303030, you can join in on this fitness jersey per, uh, journey personalized just for you. Um, and right now during the Open Fit 30-Day Challenge, our listeners get a special ex uh, extended 30-day free trial membership to Open Fit when you text OPL 303030. Um, you will get full access to Open Fit, all the workouts, nutritional information. It's free, guys. Totally Give it a free. try and see if you like it. Again, all you got to do is text OPL to 303030. Uh, standard message and data rates may apply. Hello. Hey, what's going on, man? You got Greg and Joe here. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, man? Uh, so, you know, we kind of just talked a, a little bit about it and we told people that, you know, you're an, an ex-gang member. Um, so my first question is, you know, gangs, 
notoriously have a reputation for like violence and illegal activity. So I want to know what was the like the first thing that kind of enticed you about joining a gang? It, nothing, nothing. I was I was more like a, a forced thing, and that's why I wanted to do it. You know what I mean? To even speak out about it, though, it's it's dangerous. You know what I mean? Like. Cause I mean I'm not obviously not gonna give you guys like super secrets or nothing like that, but it's dangerous for me to speak out on it, and um, just because I I know I can I can get in trouble for it. But I wanted the reason I'm doing it is because I almost felt forced to do to join a gang. Um, my parents moved here; uh, they're immigrants, you know what I mean. From Mexico, they moved out here when I was when when they were younger and stuff. So they obviously moved to the parts of Los Angeles, where it's cheaper to live, which is obviously the ghetto. So growing up, you know what I mean. You got you got you got family all around, but you see the cousins involved in it, friends involved in it, um, friends, older brothers involved in it. And when you're not involved in it, they'll tell you stuff like, "Yo, if you don't join our gang, you're, you're from our neighborhood. You live in our neighborhood. We can't protect your family." You know what I mean? This is this. They start telling you these things like when you're 10, 11 years old. So it almost feels, in a sense, like yo, if no one's gonna protect my family because I'm not in the gang. It's almost feel like forced. You know what I mean? Like I had to do it. Right. So the environment you're in, you're almost an outsider if you're not in the gang. Exactly. You're a product, bro. Like if you're if you don't belong to the gang, you're nobody. Nobody cares about you. So what is, what is life like for those people? Because I'm, I'm sure there's like some people who live on your block or around you that aren't a part of a gang. So what is the difference between, you know, a gang member's life and theirs? Oh, you don't see that till later, though. That's that's at first. By that time, you've already you've already been sucked in. If you suck, if you went in for for the bait at first, by the time you realize, like, look, homeboy is just fine and he ain't in no gang. It's, mm -hmm. it's too late for you. You know what I mean? You're already involved. You're already knees deep. And the the rival gang members from from the next neighborhood or from the neighborhoods across the way, they already don't like you. So it doesn't matter anymore. At that point, you can be, you can say, I'm out. I'm done. But you walk around by yourself and the rival gang members catch you, you're done. So how old were you? You know what I mean? Yeah. How how old were you when, I guess, you started to feel this pressure or when gang members in the neighborhood, you know, started approaching you to, I guess, in a sense, you know, start the brainwashing process and, you know, get you thinking that uh, being in the gang was the only way? Yeah. So like about 11, 11 wow. you start hearing, you start hearing little homies that, hey, bro, my brother's, in a, my brother's gangster. He's making, he makes money. They'll start, you know what I mean? Stuff like that, which... There's people that are born into this. You know what I mean? I got a brother-in-law that was born into it. His mom, his dad, all ex-gang members. Well, all gang members, but just older now. But he was born into it. I was brought into it. And so when you got friends that you go to school with and their older brothers are all gangsters, they're born into it. Their family's all from generations being there. Um, so they look at it as a normal life. Like, there's, I got homies that never left LA bro like you know what I mean like it ain't that big bro like you can leave anytime but when you're there and that's all you know you're in this hole so all you see is gangs and you think that's cool so you got your little homies that are telling you like hey yo 
this is cool. My brother's a gangster, bro. He's got guns, and they they glorify it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and who doesn't think that that's cool? Like, I definitely didn't grow up in that type of environment, but it's like it's almost like what kid wouldn't be enticed by those things, especially when you're 11. Money. Yeah, and then you, guns, you violence. See these, you see these. Yeah, exactly. And you see these guys rolling around in lowriders with hydraulics or nice, you know what I mean, nice cars with big rims and. Like you're like, man, these people are making it. You know what I mean? And I'm, I, my dad's working two jobs, my mom's working two jobs, and we're stuck in a little ass house. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't got money. And that wasn't, that wasn't the reason. To me, it was never the money. It was just, yo, I'm gonna, these, these people are gonna protect me. If something ever happens or I ever get jacked, I got jacked for my shoes one time walking to school. I was late, and I was walking by myself to school, because my parents worked two jobs, each of them. So. I got jacked by some older dudes. My little ass shoes ain't gonna fit you. Why are you stealing from me? You know what I mean? But it's just because. So it almost in a in a way of fear, they do stuff like that. So later you can be like, Oh, see, we would have been there for you. We would have protected you. So when you decided like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna join this uh this gang, what was there some sort of like initiation that you had to go through? Yeah. So they, you had to kill two people. Nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> now, there's some, that, <laughs> now, there's some that, that are, that like, do tell you, like, oh, you gotta go, we gotta go into the rival neighborhood, we're gonna get into a shootout, like, drive-bys or whatever. But, there's a lot of neighborhoods, like the one I was in, that don't allow you to do drive-bys, because the way they look at it is, and they got rules, bro, like, it's crazy how structured it is, you know what I mean? You're gonna find out as we talk more. There's rules to this shit, you know what I mean? And, if I got caught doing a drive-by, um, I would get killed for it, bro. I can't do that. Because I might be hurting somebody inside the house that has nothing to do with me. That's an innocent person. So, like, you mean so they you... they do have some kind of morals. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you would need permission, almost, from the gang to, like, commit an act like that. Yeah. You, you need to get a green light. You know what I mean? Some of them, some of them don't. But back to your question, yeah, the way, the way I got initiated was... You get a beat down. You know what I mean? You, you throw, They throw two guys at you first, and then, well, that's the way they did it with me. There's different ones. It, it also depends how old you are when you join. You know what I mean? If you're an older dude, they're just going to throw nothing but older dudes at you. But How old are you? Um, when, I, when I first got jumped, I was like 12 or 13. Wow. So they'll throw in, they'll throw in little 14, 15-year-old dudes at you, and you got to scrap it out. And then... As you got 13 seconds, so like the first five seconds is two or three dudes around your age area, and then after that they'll throw in 17, 18, 19, 22 year olds. You know what I mean? And the reasoning behind that is, uh, oh, rival gang members are in different ages, and they want to make sure you're gonna be able to last the beat them. You know what I mean? So that's the way they tell us, like, yo, the the, the gangsters are the rivals are. They're 20-something years old. They don't care if you're 15 or 12 or 11. They'll beat your ass. So that's why they get you, too. So you can see if you survive it, pretty much. If you survive, you made it, is what it is. Sir, do you mean, like, literally between life and death? Like, like what in what instance would could you get jumped in and not be allowed in the gang? Yeah, like, they're not going to beat you down to you're not breathing, you know what I mean? But you do get a good whooping, and, like, I'm saying my eye was swollen. One of my eyes was swollen. One was black. I had bruises all over my body. Um, I, you get to fight back, but sh- 
what's your odds against eight dudes, you know what I mean? And so it's basically just kind of displaying that, that you can take it? Yeah, just showing that you're strong enough to take it, that you got heart too. So the more you fight back, the better you look to them, you know what I mean? Hmm. Even though your odds, are, your odds ain't good, you're swinging on them or you're trying at least to swing on them, then you're you got heart and that to them supposedly having heart is the greatest thing ever so all right so you get jumped into the gang and now you know you're you're a part of this gang so when did they start asking things of you if you had to do something illegal or you had to carry a gun or like when did that start happening and what kind of stuff were you doing so it's instantly bro like they give you like two days you know what I mean like yeah, once you recover you're, you're able to get out of your house again and, and you're cool you're not that beat up you're able you're already you're in you know what I mean you're hey let's go let's go roll around you you get the older homie sitting in the front seat you know what I mean and me and some other teenagers sitting in the back and they're handing out uh, cups of alcohol to you, you know sip on this bro and you know, if you see anybody that shouldn't be here, you know, let, let them know. And they'll, they'll strap you up, bro. They'll give you a gun right away. They don't care. So you had a gun at, like, 12 years old? Yeah. It's a it's dirty, you know what I mean? It's a, it's, it's a dirty strap, I'm pretty sure. Um, you don't know what's on there, bro. If I was to get caught with that, I don't know how many bodies that shit has. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we run the risk, bro. I'm rolling, I'm rolling around with older dudes. I'm drinking. I'm not. Uh, I'm not 100 percent like eh, mental wise because I'm drinking. You know. And you're young. You don't know, bro. You're gonna pass. So that's why. Also, they 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 show you like, hey, yo, everything that you see, you keep that shit to yourself. You don't say anything to nobody. When you're that age. Is is there fear or like do you understand that it's a risk or are you just so consumed by, I guess this feeling of power, the feeling of always having people by your side, having a gun on you that you just truly feel invincible, um, and and you don't regret don't, the decision at all. You know what I I regretted it day one, bro. Um, I was different. Maybe maybe I didn't pay attention to to like I didn't glorify it. I didn't think that shit's cool. But yeah, you. I mean, you can. I guess like people can feel empowered to it. I didn't. You know what I mean? I didn't like it. I didn't want to be around it. But I knew that in my mind, this is obviously brainwashed. That yo, if I'm with them, nothing's gonna happen to my family. You know what I mean? Um, it's not something that I ever looked at and said, yo, this is cool. This is what I want. This is what I want to do. Um, even with the gun, bro, I knew if I had to, I'm gonna use it because now I'm part of something that. It's me or them, and I'm gonna get killed if I don't if I don't do what I gotta do. So you start you start getting slowly you start becoming numb to to the feeling of fear. You know what I mean? So what um, what kind of stuff did you have to like be there for, or like you know you've what kind of stuff did you witness within the gang? Oh, bro, that's that's uh, all kinds of stuff, man. And so I mean, when I'm 13, 14, you get into little at the at the schoolyard, you know what I mean, stuff like that. You go to school with rival game members. Then you got homies, or you got dudes that used to be your homies in elementary, and they just don't happen to be on the other side of the track. And you see them in high school, or we went to different junior highs, and you remember them when you see them, and they're from the 
that don't like you no more. You know what I mean? So my best friend growing up is not my best friend no more. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, 13, 14, 15, it's a lot of, you know, school fights, you know what I mean, stabbing, stuff like that. I mean, I see no homie get stabbed and you ain't got nothing on you, so you can't. You show up, bro. I showed up with a, with a, there was a, a branch off of a tree, and I hit the dude that had the knife. But homeboy was already bleeding out. You know what I mean? He made it. He survived. Um, and they all looked at me like, "Oh yeah, you, you good job. You're a hero." Nah, I wasn't doing it because I wanted to be a hero. That was my homie. They looked at it more like I was protecting the person. You know what I mean? Trying to be a hero. But nah, it was more because that was my homie. Um, and you do. I mean, you. You get love for these people, bro, because at the end of the day, they were there for you um, to a certain extent. So people that I grew up with that now I don't talk to, yeah, I got love for them. They're, they're homies, bro. I, I spent a lot of time with them, you know what I mean? But there's some that, that that did you dirty, too, you know what I mean? So, um, so 15, 16, 17, uh, it's a little bit more, more into the you always got to carry a knife on you. They got... You know what I mean? You got, if there's five of us in a circle walking around down to the park, at least three of us got a gun. Because um, the gunplay starts coming out more around that time. You know what I mean? You start running out to older fools that, that got guns, and you got to have guns. If you're three deep, and they're 15 deep. You know, you got to get into a shootout. You know what I mean? You got to make it out of that park. And I started noticing things like, why am I getting put in these situations when we know for a fact that this is not where we belong? This isn't our part. We're coming here pretty much aggravating the situation because we're showing up to a rival neighborhood that we shouldn't be at. You know what I mean? So a lot of that shit was brought up upon ourselves, you know? So have you been in, in some shootouts? Yeah. Yeah, I've been in a lot of shootouts, right? Um, there was one... At a Seven Eleven, bro, that 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 one, I lost my homie there. You know what I mean? In that shootout, I've lost a lot of homies, bro, and it's 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 sad because there was a, those. It's it almost seems like the ones that that I lost were the ones that were the closest to me. You know what I mean? Um, there was there was never one where I I was uh, the one shooting. Like I said, I tried to stay as much away as I could from it. But I knew there was times where I'd have to carry it, and thank God that that never happened that way. When I had my gun, or when I had the gun, that there was uh, anything like that came out. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, bro. I mean, there was one time where I was at a party. Um, we're at we're at a party. We're chilling, smoking, drinking. You know what I mean, doing our thing, and we're inside the house, and you hear the gunshots. Bro, we get into they well, they start they do a drive by on us. Uh, we all hit the ground, and when I every one of the older homies comes out, he's like, "Yo, we're good, we're clear." And I, he's like, "Get up, get up!" And I get up, and I tell my homie, hey, "Yo, bro, let's get up, let's go, we're good." Dude never got up. He died right there on the spot. He just went to the home, to the dome. You know what I mean? So he's not even a foot away from me, though, when he took that hit. I can't and even he imagine died in the house on the spot. Are you at that point, like just desensitized to it? Like, like, are you just chalking it up to 
this is just part of the game that I'm in or or does it does it really affect you like are, is it moments like that that really made you start thinking about getting out of that lifestyle um, like I said it was it was day one I wanted to get out you know what I mean but the, the only thing that sucks is you become numb to the pain you become numb to to where to to uh, to fear you it's I've always never wanted to be in a game so but when you start becoming numb to the pain slowly you start kind of like almost forgetting about that was your mission you know what I mean like you start forgetting that you didn't want to be in there and you do start getting a little more chest out you know chin up and walking around with a chip on your shoulder so like you said maybe you do feel empowered maybe you feel fearless because you're rolling with your brothers in a sense you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you know your family's protected to the end so but yeah around those times i had my daughter bro and i missed my daughter's birth because i was in jail because you, know you were in jail yeah oh wow so when i got out yeah i'll tell you that one in a little bit when i got out though that's when i was hanging out with the homies and um that's when that shit happened that's when i was like yo something's gotta change like i i don't want to do this i don't want to be part of it and i gotta do something to change it and figure out a way to do it without saying you know fuck you guys fuck this gang you know what i mean because i'm part of it too you know yeah um, so you kind of, there's, there's really no way of getting out, you know? And, uh, I, I was telling a couple of buddies of mine that I have a picture with maybe like 11 or 12 homies and me and two other ones are, one of them's going to school for, to be an electrician. I moved away and the other dude's doing good. I don't remember what he's doing, but he's, he's, he's a the rest of them are in jail or prison. You know what I mean? Yeah. What did you? Or jail uh, or dead. Sorry. Uh, what What did you end up going to prison for? Oh, so that's that's what I was telling you. That's crazy, man. Um, I went for something I didn't even do. But that's when I tell you that everybody glorifies you. You're not a snitch. You're a homie, bro. You're you're to the end. I went for something I didn't even do, bro. Like I was. They put me up in front of a cop car. Uh, I don't even know who did it. I don't know what happened. Me and my homie are walking down the street, and we get hemmed up by the cops. And they're like, come here, we're going to put you in the lineup. And we're like, what the fuck's going on? You know what I mean? And that's another gang you got to worry about. So on top of worrying about your gang, uh, your rival gang members, you got to worry about the police, man. They're a bigger gang than anybody else, bro. They're, they're more savage than anybody else, especially gang task force. And um, they walk up. That, well, they take us up to the car where I guess a crime had happened. Um, I want to say it was a Grand Theft Auto. And the thing is that out there you get gang injunctions. So if you ri- if you rob a car, uh, they'll give you two, three years or whatever, right? But if you rob a car, if you take a car and you tell them, yo, this from gang so-and-so, they give you gang injunction. They could add five to ten years extra just because you said what gang you were from. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you, bro. The system's all fucked up. But 
that's a whole different story. Um, so they put they put us up. Me and my me and my my homie they bring us up to the car, and they hit us with the lights. And the lady sitting in the back seat. She's like, "Yeah, that was them." And I'm like, "What the fuck? What am I going to jail for? I don't even. I've got nothing on me." They know you by name. You know what I mean. So how much you've been around, they know you. Um, it's like you're going to jail for Grand Theft Auto, and I'm like, I didn't do nothing. My guns, and well, obviously because I didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? And ended up only doing a year, a little less than a year, um, because they couldn't find anything else. When she came back for for court, she was like, that doesn't look like them. So that's when they started turning the case around, and uh, our lawyers were. You know, fighting good for us and got us got us out. But we did that whole year while we're still going to courts um, for nothing, pretty much. You know? And that was celebrated, you're saying, because you just kind of took oh. it and you didn't snitch and you didn't yeah. say anything. You just said, "All right, whatever. I'm just gonna do my time." Oh, bro, we're we're you walk out there, bro, and it was like that's the biggest deed right there in the world, man. Because you didn't do it, and it's crazy. You get so much love for that. I'm like. If I would have known who it was, first of all, I would have got out and beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> I just did some time for you, you know what I mean? Um, but, but you're glorified, bro. Like, you, man, look at this person. He's so cool. Like, he don't say nothing. He took that shit to the chin. Uh, that shit ain't cool. Why is some innocent person doing something for you? And I'll, I'll look at it this way, though. I paid for, for stuff that I that I did and never got caught for. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's just karma, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I guess you what some, you learn some stuff while you're in there. <laughs> and I guess what kind of like keeps you in that loop or like spider web of the gang is, I guess, knowing that if uh, that someone else would do that for you, potentially that, that you have people yeah. out there that um, would, you know, do that time for you as well. Oh, no. Hell no, bro. <laughs> I don't care what people say. I don't care what people say, bro. There's if there's 100 motherfuckers there, 75 are snitching them. Yeah, I guarantee it. I don't care what people say. Snitch, all these people talking on six nine, they would do the same thing. I don't care what they say. They could have gangster on, on on the internet, but bro, when you're put in a situation and you got the cops slamming a book on you saying 50 years over something, you you think what would you do? You know what I mean? And and you have nothing to do with gangs, bro. But the way you think is the exact same way other motherfuckers think. Out of 100 people, 25 will not say nothing. Wow. But the rest, I don't care what they say. I, I, I put that on my life, bro. I, I got motherfuckers that'll snitch on you if you stole candy from the store just because they don't want to go to fucking, they don't want to get slapped on the wrist. You know what I mean? Like, shit, shit like that. Which is understandable. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like... Exactly. You know, I'm I, not going to knock them, bro. Uh, but, like, I'm interested in that 25%. Like, what is the difference with those people? Have they just been brainwashed through and through? Like their psyche at that hey. point is just like the gang is everything. Like I don't even care what I'm being put through right now. These are the rules and I'm following them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, bro, those are the ones that you like to have as your homies, not your enemies. Yeah. They're fucking psycho, bro. <laughs> well, I guess that's the, that's the goal is like, you want these people to just be kind of like, desensitized soldiers like that's what you're essentially that's what you are you're just a soldier for the gang exactly so um i can tell you um that there's there's just some 
some dudes, man, I got love for, but I, I would never hang out with them. I'll tell you that much, because I knew that if I was with them, no matter who you are, we're getting into trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love them to death, but, man, they were too psycho, bro. They were just, they don't follow rules, even, even rules that older homies put out for us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone They're can relate crazy, to that, they, too. They, yeah, feel- they would want to go into the rival neighborhood on purpose just to see who they found and they can start drama with. Like, they're just those kind of people. And, you know, much love to them, though, but I'm, I was I was always trying to stay on the low. But, I mean, it just, you never can. Even as much as you try, you can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like even even I have some people in my life that I'm like, I, you know, I, I knew this dude growing up, but I wouldn't, like, hang out with him. And it's obviously not to the degree that you're talking about, but I also can relate to be like, eh, I just don't want to be around these dudes, mm-hmm. like, you know, in a bar or something. But... I mean, on, with you, it's like yeah, a whole yeah, different level. Yeah, you got the drunk fighters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get, get <laughs> it's like they just want to fight people. The, I'm like, bro, I'm not going to take a punch in the face for you. Like, you know? Yeah, so those are the people times 100 in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I'm curious, yeah, so, like, with, with your yeah, well, go ahead. Uh, with your gang, um, how are you guys uh, making money? Oh, you you... They send you out young, bro. You know what I mean? You got you got a bunch of baggies in your sock, um, and you just sit in the corner. And older, older homies, other people know, the one thing they do, you don't sell to your homies. You will never, you you don't use. Um, if you if they find out, um, not even because of profit, just because they need you to be a solid person. But, like, if you're selling crack and you end up getting hooked on it, they don't care about the money they lost. They care about the person that you become. Hmm. So they don't mind you selling to everybody else, but you don't sell to anybody in your neighborhood because then that becomes, that person becomes a fiend and then they want to steal from the neighborhood to sell it and then make money. So that's off topic, but kind of on topic. So they'll say, you'll go out to the corner, bro, where they know other people already know you're there and they're selling or they're buying or whatever. So you're out there selling. If, say, at the end of the day, you made 400, 500 bucks, um, 150 or 200 of that goes to, to the OG, to the neighborhood. So the it's like... The one that provided you. Yeah. The, they, get, they tax you. Okay. That's what I was going to say. It's like a tax. And that's what, like, I'm so interested in that because for as much as you can, like, look at a gang and say, this is senseless violence, this is just, you know, this is brainwashing, this is whatever it is, like, there's clearly a structure, like, for something like that to work, and I weirdly, like, related it to, like, a startup business in in our intro that we recorded, but it is interesting, like, for something like that to um, sustain itself, to run, to make money and, and, and profit, to have even just an initiation process, training, like, these yeah. are, like, serious, um, like, business tactics, in a sense, <laughs> to, to keep this operation running. So it's interesting oh, how structured have, it could actually be. Oh, you have no idea, bro. They, they got homies that are clean, that don't have, uh, don't have tattoos, don't have um, a criminal record, and they keep them clean for a reason, bro. They'll send them out to the military, uh, they go out to the military, get trained, come back. And wow. They got military tactics now in our neighborhood, bro. You know what I mean? So it's it's crazy, bro. Like these 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 dudes are, ain't dumb, and they're they're they can be president of this world, bro. And you 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 follow their lead because that's what kind of people they are. Yeah, and it's like I mean I'm sure some of them would make 
amazing CEOs and leaders in a sense. <laughs> like it takes a certain exactly. type of person. And yeah, I guess for like, as much as you can say it's dumb, like everything that's going on, like there's there's clearly a level of intelligence to it. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the process is dumb. The shit that needs to happen for, is dumb. You know what I mean? The, the reason you're fighting, you're fighting for, and, and it, I mean, you're fighting for something that's never going to be yours. How can I tell you from this street to this street is my block and anybody that comes in there, I'm going to kill you because it's my neighborhood. Yeah. It's not your neighborhood, bro. America owns that shit. So <laughs> yeah. I don't care what you say. You know what I mean? You're never going to own it. But in a sense, you do because other people know not to walk in there because they don't belong there. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic. It's true. It's like you, from the outside looking in, it's like, no, just just empower yourself. That's the biggest victory you can have. Like like you said, like this isn't your neighborhood. Like this is the government. This is America. Like you'll never be bigger than that. But you know, you're yeah. born into those circumstances or certain hardships, and it's like, you know, those things are victories. Like I I can understand that. It's you know just trying to have a feeling of power, ownership of any sort. Um, you know, I, I was saying in the beginning too. Like I I I can understand why people latch on to that mentality you know when when they're in certain circumstances yeah and then another thing that i forgot to tell you when you're in jail it's not it's not it's no play play bro like there's no play time you know what i mean um at, at least with our structure i know there's the other gang and then there's like black bloods and crips of black gangs and then there's you know the the whites that have their gangs but with our structure, where we're from, it's you wake up, you always got to have your boots by your bed. You got to be ready to, in case a riot goes down, you're suited and booted. Like, that's why that term even came out, suited and booted for for your for a riot. You know what I mean? Because um, you never know. Shit can crack off at any second. So, so you're saying, like, the rules and the structure of the gang have even... In prison. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of... Wow. Well, the thing is that it didn't move into prison. The prison gangs moved out to the street. Mm. That's what happened. So, um, so yeah, you got your rules, bro. You get up in the morning, you get your breakfast, uh, you eat, you shower. <clears throat> On downtime, uh, you don't get to other other people. I'll see them. You know, they get to play cards. <laughs> play cards, play chess, poker, bullshit, you know, hang around. Us is, you got a program to follow. You got to work out, and then you got to read books. You got to educate. You got to strengthen your mind, and you got to strengthen your body, because you never know when something's going to happen. Mm. So we're not dumb. We're not dummies, bro. Like, you edu- you get educated, and you learn a lot. You become a bookworm. Um, so they, they have a structure, like, learn some shit, man. Educate your mind. You know, strengthen your mind, strengthen your body, because you never know when something's going to happen. A riot, at least you can fight back. And uh, your mind being educated, something happens, you can fight back too, you know what I mean, with your, with your mind. So we do have a structure we got to follow, and after all that, you got to shower again, because there's no dirty... There's Yo, bro, I'm not even going to lie to you, it's cleaner in prison than it is outside in some hmm. of these places, bro. That's nice. At least in our program. It's almost like prison is like the... The headquarters. It's like a barracks. Yeah, like like the military. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a training center, I guess. So I'm I'm guessing you you don't think prison is a place where reform happens. Oh, hell no. (laughs) You come out of there work, bro. Yeah. 
You come out of there, I mean, so there's there's homies in there that that I, I met, and that's actually what happened, bro. Before the party, before I lost my homie that was standing right next to me, um, I had an older uh, older homie um, talk to me, and he's like, yo, I don't know, something about you, bro, gives me a little spark. I don't know what it is. He's like, but you need to change your life. He's like, I don't care what neighborhood you're from. I don't care, because when you're in L.A., you got rival neighborhoods, right, all around you. But when you're in jail or in prison, um, you might have some rival neighborhoods that are sitting in the same bunk as you. Yeah. But it, inside, it's a bigger picture. You can't fight them. That has nothing to do with prison games. So you got to kind of be united because the rival, the bigger rival gang is the the, the main target. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So even though I hate you on the streets while we're in here, we're cool. Hmm. So, and this this older dude, he was like, yo, I'm in here for life, yo. He's like, I'm not getting out ever. Um, he had a 120-year sentence to do. And he's like, you need to you need to change your life around, bro. He's like, you're a smart dude. Like, you're a smart guy. Get your shit together and get the hell out of here. And I told him what was going on. He's like, you can fight that case, bro. You really didn't do it. It'll all turn around and be good. So that's what happened. I that that kind of set in my brain already that I already knew I wanted to do that, but I I almost in a sense needed an older homie to tell me like, dude, this isn't for you. You know what I mean? So that was the I think that's when I finally opened up my eyes. Yeah. So that was the moment where you're like, you know what? Like, cause I was gonna ask you when, you know, you had that moment where you're like, this isn't for me, and you know, I'm I'm done with this. So can we kind of talk about that process? Like you. You talk to this guy. He tells you that you know you should change your life around. Uh, you get out. Uh, what, what was that process like? Because like you said, you can't just like quit and be like fuck this shit. So like, what was your like mindset behind the whole thing, and how how did you go about it? So, uh, first first and foremost, I, I needed to worry about my case, right? So that's the first thing on my mind. I need to fight this and get out. Um, but the, every night when it was when it was lights out. I couldn't stop thinking about what what can I do? What can I do to get out? Um, and I talked to a couple of homies, you know, and it's true. And this is why I wanted to do it because I don't want kids to feel like they have to do it. When you're in jail, all your homies that, that you know that are there for you, that will kill for you, and they tell you all this other bullshit, never went and visited me. Those are my homies that are supposed to be my ride or die. You know what I mean? There was no visit, no money on my books. I couldn't buy nothing. It was my family. Um, obviously, they'll always be there for you. My family, um, my wife, you know what I mean? Um, like, family, that's it. Nobody else. So, you got maybe one or two homies that'll come say what's up every once in a while. But everybody else, that you got 100 people on your gang, and only two of them show up to tell you what's up after you're doing a bid for no for something you didn't do, for somebody else that's out on the streets fucking around. Where's where's the support? Where's the homies at? Where's all that money that I made for you guys? Why can't you put a money on my book? You know what I mean? My family's struggling out there, and you're, this is the reason that I was supposed to join the gang was to protect my family. And in a sense, you're not doing anything for me. That's when I was kind of like, I need to figure something out. So the two homies that do that did visit me were the ones that I told, like, I'm, I'm getting out, bro. Like, this is it. 
I'm not going to do this shit for nobody else. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do it again. If something happens, it could be worse. And they're like, you know what, dude, do it. As much as you're not supposed to, they're like, go for it, bro. And I think that's where the process started. Um, I got a job. You know what I mean? I had always been, I had always worked, but I, I didn't care to, like, if they're like, hey, man, we're going to go hang out, I would call in. I didn't care too much for the jobs. So um, that's why I started working, like a real job, construction. Then I started doing HVAC, um, you know, labor jobs, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, started kind of distancing myself slowly. They would still call me, and I'd be like, oh, no, man, I got my kid's appointment, or I got this going on, or, you know, whatever. I got my son, uh, this, my wife's at work, and there ain't nobody watch my kids. So I kind of started distancing myself, and I think a lot of them already knew, like, this was done with it. I mean, how many people would still be with it after you just did time for somebody, you know, and that person never spoke out. Um, so that's how it started for me, and luckily... I don't think anybody really was like, no, we're going to kill him or no, he can't get out. They were more like, you know what? This dude's done dirt. Like he's, he's a, he's put in a lot of work for us. So just whatever. You know what I mean? I was already a little bit older anyways. It's not like I was a baby. You know what I mean? Like they're still training me as a soldier. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think it was more like they respected that I had already put in work that I had already been doing stuff. So that's when they started, like, I started distancing myself. And it took a minute. And then we moved. I moved out of L.A. to a part in California that's up north. Um, started working there again. And then I moved to where I'm at now, you know what I mean? I'm sure moving away was a huge part of it, obviously. Yeah, but it, it's hard. So it's hard to move out if you ain't got money. It's hard to move out if you're... You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to see anything outside of your neighborhood. Yeah. So I think that's where, but yeah, when I finally moved out of there, that's when I was like, yeah, I can live like a normal person, bro. Like, I don't have to look over my shoulders, even though like the first, I'm not even going to lie to you, like the first four or five years, still looked over my shoulder everywhere I went. I go into a store, I'm looking over who might be there because there were shootouts at Food for Lesses, at Walmarts. You, you go to uh, a Walmart, you're going to like, uh, 45 minute away Walmart because you don't want to run happen to run into your rival neighborhood. Bro. Yeah, just when you're trying to do you know everyday I mean? everyday things. Yeah, normal stuff like going to a gas station. You get, it's crazy, bro. And it's this is how numb people are to even living in a neighborhood. We we call them bisa. They're Mexicans that moved from Mexico and don't know English. They're called bisa, right? They're born in Mexico and they live now in the United States. Mm-hmm. Bro, if there's a shootout right in front of the house, they could have seen the whole thing. Cops show up. They're like, I don't know what you're saying. I didn't see nothing. Yeah. And it's not to back up the neighborhood. It's not to be like, oh, I want these people to be cool with me. In a sense, it is. Like, they'll never steal from me because they know that I never say nothing. Um, but, in a, but in a way, it's also, if I say something, I could get killed. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to say nothing. Yeah. That's how numb people are to it. They'll see someone get murdered on their on their driveway and they'll be like, I didn't see nothing. I was in the backyard or I didn't hear it. And they were right there the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just crazy bro, how, how infested that, that can be. To not, I don't want to be involved in that shit. So how long have you uh, been out? 
So I live right here where I live now. It's been about eight years. Eight? Yeah. Nice. Are you happy? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm living my best life, man. I'm trying to do a lot of a lot of things that, that there's a lot of things I've been wanting to do, like uh, a program where I go speak to kids in schools and to make sure they don't they don't do this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? That's amazing. And so I that's mean, something, that's something that I'm working towards right now that I want getting with the uh, city officials, see what kind of things I need to do to, to be able to be a, a speaker at a school, especially the schools that we know are more in gangs. So like the people that used to hate me and I used to hate, which was the, the gang task force. That's what I'm kind of teaming up with now. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. yeah talk about a transition and Hey, hopefully this is good practice. And if there's, one thing, I mean, you don't sound dumb at all. That's for sure. Like you were saying before, like you uh, are clearly intelligent. You clearly have a lot of life experience under your belt and, you know, experience that you've been able to digest and understand and turn your life around and now turn it into wisdom for a lot of people. So I, I think you would be great at that just, you know, from having this conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I, thanks, man. I, it really makes me feel good that you say that, bro, because, I, I know I'm not dumb, bro. I just made some dumb choices, you know what I mean? And I, I'm glad, like, I have a clean slate. I, I've cleared I cleared all that. I've paid for everything I needed to pay for. And just, I'm, I'm just a whole new. And the reason I wanted to tell you is because we're not bad people, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I feel bad for that they're still in the neighborhood. They're not bad people. I know they're not, and it's just because of where you're at. You're the product of your environment, and you're that bad person that everybody looks at. They, I get, and because I do live in a, in a, it sounds messed up, but in a white state now where there's nothing but white people, it's a culture shock when I first moved there, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure. Um, it, I walked in, I was like, "Where's, where's all my brown people?" But I'm almost happy that I didn't find any bros because <laughs> you, it, it kind of avoids that stuff. You know what I mean? But uh. When I first moved there, bro, I would be in a store and I'd be in the aisle and the workers are in the aisle. I'd move to the next aisle and they're in that next aisle. And I'm like, I'm bald. You know what I mean? I let my hair grow now, but I'm bald at the time, tattoos on my arms. And they're looking at me like I'm about to rob everybody. So they're making sure I'm not feeling anything. And it's just, you don't want that kind of attention. I, I really hated that kind of attention because, you know, I would. I'm really a genuinely good person, bro. I would give my shirt off my back for anybody that's dying of, of cold. You know what I mean? Like, I would do that for people. I would pull over. I'm the type that still pulls over, bro, and when someone's broken down and try to fix their car. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But and, hey, white people just, are crazy, I, man. Be careful. <laughs> I, I'm scared you know of what, them. You know what, man? I'm, I'm, more, <laughs> I'm, more scared, I'm more scared of going through, like, a bad, bad white neighborhood than a... Than a <laughs> I would walk in Compton at one in the morning, no problem. But <laughs> I did want to ask, actually, I, I thought the opportunity passed, but now that we came back to this, like in prison, are like white gangs, are they just like, I just feel like they're so scary. <laughs> like they're just like psychos, like skinheads. That's crazy. <laughs> nah, you know what, man? They link up with us. We're actually cool with them. Okay, okay. Uh, they're more, they're more, and I don't want to talk on their program because it's, it's not my story to tell, but I don't. They don't link up with the blacks and the other the opposing side from us. So we're we're the southern Mexicans, bro. We're we're Southsiders, and the opposing side in prison and even on the streets is northern Mexicans. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they, there's like a Bloods and Crips. We wear blue, they wear red. And uh, mm-hmm. the whites and the southern Mexicans link up in prison, and the blacks and the northern Mexicans link up in prison. All right. But yeah, at least not, there's some unity. Cool, bro. <laughs> but that's so, it's funny <laughs> when you say, like, you just said, I don't want to speak on their program. Like, I picture like a college campus when you talk about <laughs> prison, but all these gangs having their their programs and their set rules and their traditions and you know specific we're, values. It's like fraternities. It's crazy. Yeah, we're all fraternities, bro. That's exactly what it is. And they have their own program they run, and I don't want to talk about it. And yeah. blacks and the northern Mexicans have their programs they run. I don't want to talk about that. I, I can only tell you what I know um, about mine specifically, and it's just. It's it's crazy, bro. I mean, it's nuts to. to I think it's really like. Yeah, I think it's really cool that you you were able to go through all that, and like you said, it's like it's it's an interesting perspective because you don't really hear a lot of stories where someone's like, "Yeah, I regretted it from day one," but it just kind of felt like something to do. And I think it's important that you do have that story too, because I know that you know, a lot of people who have no idea of that lifestyle, they're kind of ignorant to the fact of like, oh no, this is just another thug. And they're like, you know, they made these choices and blah, blah, blah. But they don't realize that sometimes you're forced into these decisions that you don't want to do just because you have to survive, you know? So the well, fact that's that... the thing... No, go ahead. That's the thing that mostly happens is most of these people are forced and then they, they're numb to it and they don't care. I don't think I ever forgot that... I didn't want to do this. I always, in the back of my mind, it was always there. And there's a lot of people that grow numb to it and just forget that. And I think accept it. Like, okay, this is just my life and that's it. Yeah, And, and it's it, not. There's, yeah. there's not. There's way bigger than that. You know what I mean? But I guess it's just when you're in that situation sometimes or you grow up in a certain environment and you're sort of born into it, um, it's just hard to see that there are other opportunities. Like for you, like going into it, the reasons were genuine. Like you wanted protection from your family. I don't like no one can fault you for wanting to protect your family, but I guess it's hard for you to see when you're young, when all you're around is the gang and the gang is prospering and there's money and there's protection. You know, it's hard for you to, I'm sure see like, or I can just go to college, get a good job and protect my family that way. Like it's, if you don't even see those opportunities as possibilities, then it's you know I mean, it's yeah. especially that. when you're 10 years old dude like at that yeah. point i would have believed fucking anything you know mm-hmm. what i mean you're 10 <laughs> yeah exactly for sure like you, i'm telling you and they, they do a really good job about brainwashing you know? and i can't really call it well yeah it's brainwashed but you, they know when to get you right they know when i don't know it almost felt like a setup like oh someone stole your shoes yeah how'd you know about that we can protect you from right that. you know right. what i mean I don't doubt that. And it, it almost seems, yeah, exactly. So, but it's it's cool, bro. Like, it, I I will, I can't say I don't regret it, but I can't say I'll take it back either. No, because you have I a, am who a I am crazy now, life story. And I'm yeah. also, yeah, I am who I am now. And I, I also will be able to hopefully reach out to kids and change their life too. You know what I mean? I, th- I think you will, man. I, I think that's a really cool path to pursue. Yeah. I think, um, you know, hopefully this episode acts as that as well, you know, and there's a lot of people listening right now um, that I'm sure you've opened their eyes uh, and minds to, you know, maybe thinking a different way and, and having maybe a more positive outlook. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying going to a neighborhood and thinking nothing's going to happen to you, but I am telling you, like, not everybody there will, you know I mean, will mess with you for sure. Like, there's there's people that are walking through a neighborhood, bro, and they, they look casual, and all that ask them is, where are you from? 
oh, I'm from nowhere. Let me see, lift up your shirt, take off your, you know what I mean, lift up your arms, your sleeves. I want to make sure you don't have no rival tattoos because they also do send a lot of people in like that with rival tattoos, but they're all covered by their shirts. And so they'll make you lift your shirt. You're from nobody? All right, cool, you're good to go. And they'll just chirp it down the way. Hey, there's a person walking up wearing so-and-so. He's cool, don't worry about him. It's a crazy yeah. system. Damn, man, I really appreciate you coming on and, t- and talking to us and telling us about this. This is a really cool episode. I like the whole, like, you know, you... I thought it was just a really cool story, and I think it's very admirable that you're going to take this story and all this experience you have and, and try to give back to the to the kids and whatnot. So I really appreciate you coming on and, yeah, and talking this? to us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, this Joe? Yeah, yeah. Oh, bro, I, I, need to, I need to tell you, man, I got a bone to pick with you, bro. You need to quit talking shit on California, bro. On Whoa. California? Yo, oh, on, yeah, on, on L.A. Man. No, but I, yeah, I, 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 know, always, well, I always say that I no, hate I know, L.A. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, know you hate, I know you hate Hollywood, bro. It's all right. I hate those Hollywood people. Too. Yeah, I always, We were never allowed there. <laughs> I always go, yo, I We can't. got kicked out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't go to L.A., man. Come Everyone, on, man. We're East Coast over here. Everyone's always like, oh, yeah, I was in a Col- hey, Colgate commercial five years ago. I'm like, bro, you're not an actor. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> one day, man. One day, that's my that's my bucket list. I want to be out in, Cal- in New York, man. So hopefully, we can chop it up and have a beer or something. Yeah, for sure. Let's That'd do be that. awesome, man. But yeah, man. You guys got any other questions? I mean, I got stories for days, bro. <laughs> I mean, I, gotta, I I know you guys got a time limit. Yeah, I think I think we got it, man. I think that was that was really cool. I really like the whole story. I appreciate you coming on and talking to us, man. We appreciate it. Uh, just keep in touch if you would like. Cool, man. Yeah, let me know. And if you guys got any other questions, then let me know. I'm always I'm, behind the scenes. It's a better open book, bro. Like I can't tell too much. No, nah, yeah, stories for sure. online. Yeah, know? no, and I know it's it's like you said, dangerous for you to even you know share this. So we we really really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, man, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, be careful of of all the crazy white people out there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. Yeah, I, Joe knows how dangerous it can be out here. He almost died out here, man. <laughs> oh, a hint. <laughs> it, was, it was it was in the desert, bro. But he almost died out here. Yeah, in Utah. Close uh, enough. Close enough. Okay. Close enough. <laughs> a lot of hills out there. Oh no, you're good, bro. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thank you. Have a good night. Have a good one. Yeah, you too, man. See you. Uh, that was an awesome episode, man. Yeah, I feel like I have a new friend. Yeah, that dude is like just a likable dude. I also got cocky at the end. I was like, we're East Coast, and like I did something with my hand. You and did, I was and like, you thought I would do that, but I didn't. And yeah. You, you did. And I was like, oh, no. No, uh, yeah. no cool guy, though. <laughs> no, yeah, that was really cool, man, because it's, 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 it's exactly the episode that I wanted, you know, because I am... Like I'm not gonna act like I I grew up in a bad neighborhood. My neighborhood's totally fine. But I, there is people that I grew up with, or there's people that I know of that have done bad things in their lives and have been part of gangs or have been like whatever forced into like a, a criminal situation in a way. And I also, since I'm super Caucasian, have these other friends that are completely ignorant to that side of the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that he, he was able to speak on being forced into something like that because people just write that off as like, oh, these people are just making dumb decisions. They like to steal from people who work hard for their stuff and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you don't understand that sometimes people are are in poverty and have no other choice because it's like, 
yo, I have a, a daughter or I have a son and I can't f afford to feed them because no one will hire me or like my job only pays this amount and I'm trying to get other jobs, but I, I can't afford school. I can't do this. So the only thing I can do right now is join this gang and I got to carry this gun and like I'm trying yeah. to stay out of trouble, but I'm doing it because I can get money from this and be able to support my family and protect them in a yeah. neighborhood that's very bad. It's like sometimes you're just like forced into those situations. Well, the fact it starts so young as well. I yeah, mean, that the, the psychological I'm, effect of, okay, this is all I see around my surroundings. Yeah. And they're telling me all good things that they're going to protect me, that they're going to make me money. Dude, there's literally a story of a girl who I, I think either, I think Danny told me this, but it was like they locked her in a room and like she grew up around dogs and thought mm -hmm. she was a dog because when you're a fucking child like all you know is what's around you and mm -hmm. that's what you learn from and it's like if there's dogs around you're gonna fucking be on all fours like you know what i mean so it's like if product you're, of you're, your environment you're a product of your environment like you said so it's a, it's like a perfect example of you know a person who was kind of forced into a situation didn't really like what was going on but tried to get through it ended up going to jail got out changing his life now moved away and he's trying to give back to the kids it's like it's it, it was perfect you know yeah no and for him to find a you know legitimate way out is is amazing and it's crazy man it's just crazy hearing those stories too because we sort of this like idea of gang experience we gamify it we use it as entertainment yeah. i mean think of like grand theft auto you know it's like yeah, it's so easy to pretend to be in those situations because it's so dramatic and it's gunfights and it's loyalty and it's territory and it's these rules and it's these colors and like it's it's almost fun to like imagine but then you hear from him of you know situations that that's something like i've played in a video game but his good friend died right next to him you know like yeah. you realize this this isn't a game this is happening um you know in in neighborhoods all over uh and these are like real people's lives you know people yeah. trying to make a living and and like him people who uh you know are, are looking for a way out yeah and, and it's just you know and i and i don't want to get anyone to get like confused like i'm not saying like all people who join a gang are like forced into it like because like you said i mean there are people who are just like fuck it this is what i want to do and fuck everybody like i don't give a fuck if i'm robbing innocent people or you know blah 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 but just be open-minded to the fact that there are people out there that are just kind of they have no other choice but to but to do this so they could survive otherwise they just like you know they you know it, it was it's one of those things it's like you get where do they you get rolled over you know like people will just will steamroll you if you're just like kind of against it because if you're not with us you're against us in yeah. a way when you're trying to be neutral like there is no neutral in that world you're not neutral you're either with us or you're against us it's a tough spot to be in and imagine just yeah. you live in this neighborhood, this territory, there's nowhere to go. Yeah, there's You don't have money. Go. You can't just move. Like, you yeah. are in this no matter what. Right. Um, which is, it makes me feel, like, claustrophobic, just even thinking about that. Right. Of have, having to make a decision like that. But uh, really glad that this ended on, on such a positive note. For sure. Um, and I... I, I, I hope he really pursues that career. I think he could do a lot of good uh, speaking to people. Uh, you know, in, insane life story that he's, you know, learned a lot from. Uh, and like you said, it made him the person that he is today. And, and he seems like he has, um, you know, a really positive outlook and, and solid mindset. Yeah, for sure. That was awesome. That dude's cool. Um, but if you guys have a story or anything uh, you think will fit for an episode, definitely don't hesitate to hit us up. Go to OPLshow.com slash contact send us an email and uh we'll schedule something out 
Yes, and uh, join our gang on Patreon. Oh, at, I know why. Why did why? Every why did episode, I do that? Every episode you do at least once. Why did I do that? I don't know. I just I wish that wasn't a skill that I had. Yeah. Uh, Patreon though, be be a patron uh, at uh, Patreon.com/slash OPL Show. We've got bonus uh, episodes. We've got full video uh, of bonus episodes as well. And uh, follow the Instagram at OPL Podcast. We've got clips um, from all these episodes that we put up there. And uh, yeah, we're building a very cool community, not a gang, but a community. So we're, you know, we love all of you for being part of it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, and that is all. We'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.